I'm Michael Marinello. And I'm Robert Mathers. And this is Radio Free Jersey Presents of All Time. On this episode, gee, Eleanor, Paste Magazine doesn't think you're swell. (laughs) Um, Are we rolling? If my uh, vitriol right out of the gate doesn't uh, doesn't doesn't say what mm-hmm. we think already out of this, we may have led the witness. But no, you guys should stay to the end. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. So uh, we are going to take a trip to the faraway uh, burb of Los Angeles, and within Angeles, the uh, the Hollywood Hills, and within Hollywood Hills, uh, Laurel Canyon. Uh, and that's, uh, we're going to focus on the Laurel Canyon sound. Yes. Uh, there have been a number of documentaries or two actually, um, within mm-hmm. the last several years, uh, on, I believe it's yep. on Netflix. Uh, Jacob Dylan did a fantastic one called echoes in the Canyon. Yep. That was also tied to a record that was tied to a concert that was also part of the record where Jacob Dylan interviewed stars from today, Beck, uh, Fiona Apple, Regina Spector, um, uh, and then also recorded with other artists, these songs of, of these bands that made up Laurel Canyon there. If you have the epics channel, they just debuted a two part documentary called Laurel Canyon. Uh, the, basically it, it takes the period from 1966 to 1975 or 65 to 75. It's a 10 year period. Uh, okay. and as you said, Laurel Canyon is an area of Los Angeles. It is a, it's an actual, you know, built on the side of a mountain, goes into a canyon. It was, you know, country, mm-hmm. but you were still close enough to the city. And basically between 1965 and 1975, a number of very influential or artists who would become influential sort of gravitated to that area. It has always been a very rich you know, very some of the great Southern California rock of that period came from this area, and you should watch the documentaries uh, because it will do more justice than what we're we're talking about here. Uh, but right. it's worth noting that all of these artists lived within, you know, yards of each other, or you know, mm-hmm. and and they would come and go. Um, right. And you had established artists that escaped, you know, that were, or, or artists that were on the rise that escaped to this area. So, right. So um, I, I think we can do you want to jump in here a little bit? And would you associate um, do you think of a particular sound when you think Laurel Canyon, when you hear the words Laurel, Laurel Canyon? That. That's been a question for a long time, right? I mean, there was also a great Francis McDormand, uh, um, Christian Bale film, Mm -hmm. um, where she was a record producer from the seventies and he's his mom or or, or she, and she's his mom. I mean, I think it came out, it was definitely after, after, uh, almost famous, but so to answer your question though, Michael, I think, I think, yes, I think it has a twinge of. It's not as gritty as mm-hmm. L.A. proper, yeah. um, which is why as I uh, as I watched the documentary Laurel Canyon on on Epics, mm-hmm. I was yep. shocked and surprised at one of the 
bands, one of my favorite bands, right. technically qualifies as a Laurel Canyon band. And of course, yeah. I forgot that a bunch of the film about this band, in fact, one of my favorite scenes was filmed at this place they had in Laurel Canyon, which we'll get to when we get there. So right. I do think that there is a sound. I think it's it's a little mellow, but not in a um, soft rock way, although some of right. these bands have been pigeonholed into what was called easy listening in the late 70s and early right. 80s. Exactly, um, yeah. You know, and I think that it, whereas there was a, a um, sort of a rock country movement mm -hmm. uh, that came out of this era that right. is more associated with uh, a little farther north, Bakersfield, California, there was a country vibe to this and we can get into how it got that way and, and who brought it. Um, right. But yeah, yeah, I think that if you listen to most of these, if you listen to records uh from this period and some of these are their starting records or their second or third record uh -huh. um, you can definitely hear the influence of everybody kind of intermingling so i do right. think there is a a sound and i mm -hmm. think it is very um but i don't know how to define it i'm doing a poor job of that mm -hmm. yeah I, I i agree um but yeah, I, I think maybe I will save some of the comments for when we get into the albums that they classify as Laurel Canyon, because some of them I think like it just happens to be that those people were living or and or recording there, and some it seems to be a little bit more of a uh, a feel a vibe a you know a, you know a little bit of folk rock a little bit of you know a little bit of folk a little bit of rock a little bit of country, um, right. As opposed to, you know, like, you know, we are saying the doors or Frank Zappa or some of the other people we see on this list. But so I, but right. I think so. So right away, I think we're both kind of sort of dodging the, the <laughs> thing. So we're going to come around and say it that that uh, my my feeling and, and I would love your interpretation of this. My interpretation when I hear. All right. So the, the list is according to this, a Pace magazine article that came out on the 26th of June, so just mm -hmm. like a week ago, written yep. by Ellen Johnson and the Pace staff, which sounds like a great band name. Um, <laughs> so the article is the 10 best Laurel Canyon albums. Yes. So to me, that would be albums that were... Uh, certainly not recorded in Laurel Canyon because the, there was no studio there for the most part. Right. It was all down in L.A. But, you know, yep. so artists that were living in Laurel Canyon at the time mm -hmm. between 1965 and 1975 uh, and where the majority of the songs on the record were written while the artist was in residence in Laurel Canyon, that's where you get the feel, that sound, yeah. the energy yeah. of the canyon. I was talking to friends of the show, uh, Lou Pellegrino uh -huh. and Victoria Keelan the other night. We were we were uh, uh, talking. We do a, a Friday happy hour, Zoom happy uh -huh. hour thing. Nice. And I was it, bringing up the fact we were going to do this show today. And... <laughs> um, I'm already laughing before I even hear what they have to say. Well, I so Victoria asked me what... What did I what did I discover from the from the documentary? Because we both love this. They they're the ones that turned me on to this documentary. Uh, so, yeah. so for example, I had forgotten that the Doors were, te were would be classified as a band of Laurel Canyon. Totally forgot. Yep. Um, yep. And it, so in that discussion, I you know I was sort of I, I said rather that um, you know there there's something you know people go there's something in the water. And Victoria is somewhat of an, uh, you know, she follows the stars and things like, like actual, like, you know, 
the signs of that kind of stuff, astrological stuff. Which we might get into later. I think it's going to be one yes. of your albums is probably going to be uh, something that is astrological signs in the title. Just, ju- I'm just guessing. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> I didn't even put that in the original notes. Um, okay. The, uh, but but uh, so she said there's a lot of quartz in that area and quartz is a, you know, it makes watches work and, and it, it, it can affect your body and rhythms mm-hmm. and all that. And if you really kind of go into vibration and deep into the earth and these homes were like built into the side of this mountain, you know, it is, it's planets aligning, it's the timing, it's like-minded right. artists for a, for a period when they wanted to be like-minded, mm-hmm. um, sharing things. So to me, in a very long-winded answer, is yeah. the sound of Laurel Canyon. What do you think? <laughs> I would say, I, I tend to think more on, I get a, uh, a music sound and vibe from it than a, oh, you know, the Doors happened to be in Los Angeles. Frank Zappa happened to be in Laurel Canyon when he wrote that. Because, like, I love uh, the song Peaches and Regalia off of Frank Zappa's Hot Rats, but it does not remind me of, you know, hanging out mm-hmm. and being with a bunch of bohemians in in uh, in Laurel Canyon. Whereas something like, you know, five albums from The Birds or two albums from Joni Mitchell, I would say, oh, yeah, I feel like, yeah, I can see, I can see the smoke, uh, the pot smoke coming off somebody, you know, David Crosby's lips, and I can, you know, I can see the guitar strumming, and I can hear, you know, that just puts me in that that mindset, and like, yes, that's Laurel Canyon to me. Now, that's just, you know, my my take a little bit more. I, I tend to sound tend to coalesce around a a music sound and vibe than a hey, these you know that the these people happen to you know be passing through you know lived there for two two years and recorded this album while they were there type of thing all right fair enough i mean and the fact that you know that well all right so let's jump in let's jump in yeah. and, and 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 attack them first i mean debate mm-hmm. them first yes <laughs> so uh <laughs> we're going to go from 10 to 6 and then 5 through 1 so uh 10 uh frank zappa hot rats 1969 uh, number nine, Neil Young, After the Gold Rush, 1970. Number eight, The Doors, The Doors, uh, 1967. Number seven, Mamas and the Papas, If You Can Believe Your Eyes and Ears, 1966. And number six, the first album, self-titled Crosby, Stills, and Nash from Crosby, Stills, and Nash, 1969. I would say of those, I like, I would even take Neil Young off that list. I would say Mamas and the Papas and Crosby, Stills, and Nash, that just... You know, they were, I didn't, I have not seen the Epics documentary, but I saw the um, Echoes in the Canyon and I listened to the soundtrack from uh, the Epics one and they were kind of, at least they were on the soundtrack. So I'm guessing that uh, uh, the, that the Mamas and the Papas were on the, the Epics one. I, I, I can't kind of, you know, just from California Dreaming on out, I can't think of uh, like they, you know, they kind of epitomize the early part of Laurel Canyon scene uh, to me, and that sound, and as does uh, especially that first Crosby, Still the Nash album. Um, Neil Young, I, I kind of always associate him with, you know, a little more kind of like what you said before about the Bakerfield sound, more country-ish, more, and then just more, just kind of all over the place, uh, you know. I always associated him with like Northern California, especially his work with Crazy Horse and that type of stuff. So I, 
I don't get a huge um, uh, Laurel Canyon vibe from him, but I, I'm, you know, I'm willing to to uh, <laughs> to admit I'm wrong on that. No, and the I, Doors and Frank mm-hmm. Zappa, I, I think that's m- just more of a, you know, hey, they were around at this time, and but those those two could not sound any further, uh, you know, you know, any further apart to me. So. Well. Um, see, now I would, I would say, I, I hear you with Frank Zappa, except that he left the mothers and went to find, uh, he left the mothers for a period of time, right? As the article says, um, and, and in the documentary, he is in, he's in Laurel Canyon. He is working on hot rats. Mm-hmm. Um, he is going down to the whiskey and he's going to these, ba- uh, you know, places on the sunset strip. There's a great little story where, uh, Alice Cooper, uh-huh. uh, who I would not have associated with Laurel Canyon at all. Um, right. but, uh, did have a piece of that mm-hmm. in that. So Alice Cooper's playing, uh, they, and nobody, like everybody leaves when Alice Cooper, they, they start their set. I think they're from right. Arizona. Right. And uh, there's only one person left in the room, basically, and it's Frank Zappa. And Frank goes, I like what you're doing. Why don't you come by tomorrow at 7 and play some other stuff for me? So it's 7 right. o'clock that next morning. They're setting up in his basement studio, and he comes down. And he goes, what the fuck are you guys doing here? You said 7. Yeah, at night. <laughs> but you're here. You're set up. So Zappa basically helped um, help them get you know get set. Um, so, and I love peaches and regalia. Um, to me though, I do get this. Oh, this is a depart. Cause I, I was shocked. I went back and listened to, I forget what it was, whatever the, the 68 mother's album was. Okay. There is a marked difference here. If you're narrowing it to 10, this is bullshit. Um, <laughs> I could, you could go 15, 20. You could definitely do, I could, I could come up with 15, yep. uh, uh, 20. Sure which is a, obviously a better working title. It gives us more, more content, but um, I could see Frank Zappa at the, like, you know, at the back of a list, you know, a higher up on a list, like, you know, or lower on a list or whatever it was. I agree with you about Neil Young. Um, Neil Young, as I've said many times, he's a talented right. dick. Um, <laughs> he, but he came and went, right? So right. as I'm sure, we're, well, we're definitely going to talk about because it, it was both of our lists. I should actually start publishing mine uh, right. ahead of time. But um, yep. the Buffalo Springfield, yep. definitely a Laurel Canyon band because they yep. all lived there along yep. with the birds had moved out there uh, mm-hmm. as they were all trying to f- get famous or, or get their shit together. And Neil Young was leaving to go back up to Canada and ran into, like was driving past... Right. Uh, 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 stills and then like whip the car around on the Sunset Strip which you which you can see from the canyon uh, right. so but Neil Young also liked to leave a lot Neil Young you know right. ran away Neil Young he's a dick so uh, by 1970 after the gold rush Neil Young was not living in Laurel Canyon then right exactly so, so I, I, as I went back and listened to it and you know like I, I found a couple of playlists on Spotify and, you know, they had, um, uh, what's the album harvest on there. And I was like, real, like, I just wouldn't like, I, I, there's nothing about that. That screams Laurel Canyon to me. I, I think he was long gone by then and, you know, do right. another thing by them. But, um, now the doors, the doors, 1967 album mm-hmm. 
we know Jim Mar- Jim Morrison was living in there in the Epics documentary. You actually see there's B roll of of Jim Morrison like in just a pair of shorts, smoking a cigarette, riding a Schwinn, just like mm-hmm. around, you know, yeah. um, and and all that. The song Love Street off of the second album there, Waiting for the Sun, or is it the third album? Uh, off of Waiting for the Sun, um, they live on Love Street. That's basically about a little convenience store, for lack of a better, for, to translate into now, right. it, sort of on the main drag of Laurel Canyon, where all of these people sort of gathered. Uh, right. So that is about, that Love Street is a love song about... Uh, Laurel Canyon, I would almost, I would sub out this debut album with Waiting for the Sun because Jim had gone up there. They, they were they were two years in at this point. They were more popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe this is around the same time as uh, James Douglas Morrison, You've Ruined Another Thanksgiving. I think I paraphrased. I don't think she actually says this middle name. Jim Morrison, uh, You've Ruined Another Perfectly Good you know, Thanksgiving. So Right. Right. So, yes, I think it was... Uh, the first was The Doors, the second was Strange Days, and yeah. then Waiting for the Sun. Yeah, okay. Right. Which makes sense because of, you know, when you think of that. So, uh, Mamas and Papas, yeah, that, I will also take exception to that record being there because part of it wasn't written, most of it wasn't not It was, you know, California Dreaming was written in New York. Um, mm-hmm. And Michelle Phillips, uh, right. who is still gorgeous and has an incredible voice, by the way, yeah, exactly. um, uh, says, you know, no, this was this was one of these. And actually, it's funny because in the documentary, she she you get a little door into she has not really said much about John Phillips being a colossal asshole. Um I mean, like, and an abusive guy, uh, but right. it comes yep. out a little bit in this doc because she said, you know, he woke me up and said, I have these things. We have to finish this now. And she's like, well, we'll finish it tomorrow. We're, it's like, you know, two in the morning and I'm sleeping. He goes, no, we're going to finish it now. Um, right. But I would say I would switch. The, I would not. I would have put in there either People Like Us, which is mm-hmm. a later album, and yep. they had actually, and the Phillipses had left the canyon. Mama Cass stayed in the canyon pretty until she died right. um, okay. in 1974. But I would have, I would have swapped that with uh, um, uh, the self-titled Mamas and uh, Mamas and Papas record. Okay, um, because right. I think they were, the, or, or even Deliver, um, because that's got Creek uh, Alley on it. It it is a little, it's less commercial. Which mm-hmm. I think is also a factor in there, um, right. and yes, I think the debut album from from CSN um, makes a lot of sense um, because the band formed in Laurel Canyon. Crosby right. was living up there, Stills was living up there. Nash drifted in one day and then never left. It lived right. with Joni Mitchell for a right. long time. Right. Um, it says in the article that that is apparently where the you know the our house from. The song "Our House" uh, is the yeah. house that they in the together. in the Epics documentary. Uh, you know, uh, so basically, Graham just like Crosby brought Joni Mitchell to Laurel Canyon, and then uh-huh. Graham just so Crosby and Joni Mitchell possibly dated for a little while. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But the, then, <clears throat> um, but then when Graham Nash met her, it was just love at first sight for both of them. Um, and he moved into her house basically, or they had a house together and they said, but we only had one piano. So it would be like, I knew when when Joni went into the zone and you just, I mean, she just went, you know, almost literally into this entire other place. 
Uh, and then, but when she did something else, then I could, when she was gardening or painting, then I could go right. And he said, we're walking around down on that main drag, Love Street sort of area. And she sees this, um, this vase in a window. <laughs> he goes, you know, so he's telling the story, right? He said, we're walking around one day. We went to brunch and we came back, we're walking along and, and she sees this vase in a window and she buys it. And then they get back up to the house and she's like, well, what should we do now? And he says, why don't you put some flowers in the vase that you bought today? <laughs> so she goes out to the garden to cut that. And, and the line, he goes, and the line is just, you know, it, 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 it's rolling around. And I can't do his accent justice, but it's awesome, right? Because right? he's such a wonderful, happy, positive guy. And Graham Edge like, you know, right. and it's rolling around in my head. So Joni wasn't at the piano. So I went to the piano. And mm -hmm. that's where our house came from. And it's funny because <laughs> from that story, it blew my mind because for the last, I don't know, 40 something years that I've listened to that record, right? Because our house is on Deja Vu. Am I? I believe that's right. Yeah. That right. It was on the second album. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm sitting there going for, for years that I've listened to that song and it's a cute song. It's a very good, you know, it's an aspir, especially when you're single, it's a nice, at, at a man of a certain age, it's an aspirational song. Yeah. Um, I, I said, I always thought that she had bought the flowers. <laughs> I did not know that she bought the vase today. I thought she bought the, the way he, the, my interpretation for all of my entire life has been, <laughs> she bought the flowers today. And uh -huh. now that it's, she bought the vase today. So. Right. Yeah. Um, that you bought. Yeah. Oh Yeah. In the, the vase that you bought today, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, it Mind grammatically blown. is correct. I had it, so we're gonna blame part of my dyslexia on that one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, all right. So let's uh, let's let's move on to five through one. Uh, five, the bird, sweetheart of the rodeo. Four, James Taylor, sweet baby James. Uh, number three, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, Deja Vu. Uh, and number two, Joni Mitchell, Ladies of the Canyon. And number one, Carol King, Tapestry. So, I, you know, here's the thing about this part of the list. I would choose different – I would keep the artists the same on almost all of them, but choose – or most of them um, – but choose different albums or different songs that kind of have uh, a, a you know a different feel. Uh, I'll start with the birds, sweetheart of the rodeo. I love that album, but mm -hmm. that to me is not really Laurel Canyon as much as it is them getting Graham Parsons in the band and him saying like, hey, let's do all these country songs, let's cover all these Leuven Brothers songs, and you know uh, let's cover Bob Dylan, but as a you know a, as a country song. Um, so I, I, if I was going to do the birds, I would do something a little bit earlier than that, or maybe even later than that, but like, um, you know, uh, something, you know, turn, turn, turn. Um, so you want to be a rock and roll star type, uh, maybe something along that line. So James, I would definitely, I would agree with you, which again is why if you're doing 10 albums, it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, but Sweetheart of the Rodeo does, I believe, need to be on a. Um, if you're gonna have two Crosby, Stills, Nash records, right. <laughs> which I will call Slipe. Well, look, Young drifted in, so that's fine. I could see Deja Vu. But if you're gonna do that, you you now kick open the door. I agree with you that you need an or you need a Crosby Birds album in there, right? Because they were living there at the time. However. Yeah. Had Graham, had they not been living in Laurel Canyon, had Graham Parsons not 
quite almost literally drifted in like with the wind. <laughs> yep. He he was, you know, he knew somebody who knew Hillman and Parsons just basically like crashed on people's couches for a while. Yep. And and got to talking as Crosby exited in 69 to put to, you know, well, because you know, Crosby's a, a, a lovable asshole, sort of. Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, self-proclaimed. Um, right. Actually, he, he, doesn't he call himself an asshole in the in the J- Jacob Dylan one? It's like, I think yeah, so. I'm yeah. an asshole. Ask your dad. <laughs> um, uh, so, but, and Graham Parsons just, everybody's like, who is this anomaly that has already had some success, but it's just like drifted in. So he's right. like hanging out with, with uh, Hillman or, or actually Hillman might've moved on to the burrito brothers by that point or no. Cause that was also Parsons mm-hmm. project, not Alan. That was also Parsons. Well, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but who am I, who am I blanking on the other major bird? Um, the um, other McQuinn, Roger, McQuinn. Roger McQuinn, right? So Roger McQuinn's like, yeah. I don't know what to do now, and I'm disillusioned. Right. And you know, so you want to be a rock and roll star? That song, right? And then yeah. Parsons comes and goes, Hey, you guys want to try country? And they're like, Yeah, why the? F- it worked for Ray Charles. Let's try right. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I will categorically, and and I am someone who uh who, who loves James Taylor. Yeah. Uh, um, especially from, but no, James Taylor yeah. has no tie to Laurel Canyon other than he went to a couple of parties. James Taylor is even the sound. I disagree with the, well, this sounds like Laurel. No, it's East coast. Right. Yeah. It's, it's fucking Massachusetts folk. Right. And Carolina. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's the, and those are two other areas of the country with right. where there was great right. artistry being done. Um, right. and it's fucking Abbey road. I mean, come on. Right now. I forget. Why did, um, I, I, I forgot what they wrote. Did they say they put it on the list? Cause it sounds like, uh, yeah, this like, was the, this was, this was their just, yeah. yeah. The first album yeah, was, ahead. uh, all right. So, uh, James Taylor's hard to dislike. Uh, there's. I'm reading from the article. There is an earnest yep. warmth to all of his music. Sure, it's inoffensive, well-meaning. All right, let's skip to his right. music is a crucial part of the fabric of American culture. Uh, so clearly she's young because she says, I mean, who among us has parents, aunts, and gr- grandparents that don't adore Taylor? Right. He made folky, soft rock that helped define the modern singer-songwriter songwriter, modern singer-songwriter tradition by the early 70s. His debut album underperformed commercially, but the follow-up suite baby James arrived two years later. N- not a th- nothing here. This is Lizzie Mano. Nothing here about Laurel Canyon. Right. Just that it's folky, uh, not even folky, just that it's an acoustic, it's acoustic record. Actually, there's a, there's a steamroll. It's a blues song through and through. Right. Um, because <laughs> it's mellow. Right. I'm sorry, Lizzie. You're wrong. You're wrong. Right. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Okay. So rather than rather than uh, beating the proverbial dead horse, there, let's just say let's just you and I agree, because this one is literally somebody who was there at the time, who was stayed there and put it on. Literally was on the cover of the album. Uh, let's go with. Let's just take. Jane Taylor out and put in uh, the first uh, Jackson Brown album. Yes. Commonly known as Saturated Before before Using. Yep. But um, it's, you know, technically I think it's just called Jackson Jackson Brown. Brown. Yep. 
So I, there, and then even if you want to do, if you want to get later into like the whole California country rock thing, his next album after that has Take It Easy on it, which he then gives to the Eagles, which then basically gives the Eagles uh, their career. The, the and list, then we, the list that they needed, exactly. Right. So. Um, all right. So we're just rounding out the top list. Look, Joni Mitchell, right. obviously Ladies of the Canyon. Duh, that makes total sense. Yep. I will give it that. Um I don't think we need to debate that anymore. I don't know if yeah. I would put her at the top of the list, but yep. fine. Uh, actually, yeah. I would have, and I love Carol King, but yes. if you're talking about a total, like, like Joni Mitchell was like, basically became, I think, part of the gravity of that. Yep. You know, um, and, and right. just so Im, Im, imbued or or just what, I don't know, what's the phrase I want to use here? You know, <laughs> Joni, Joni Mitchell, like... Um, was the canyon, I guess, is a better way to yeah, put it. You exactly. know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a, tough a, to think about Laurel Canyon female singer songwriters without thinking Lori. Because that, without thinking Joni Mitchell, right? Because that's the beauty of. I mean, that that's what to me that defines the Laurel Canyon sound is people from other places came here. And had this incredible artistic creative inspiration. Joni right. Mitchell's from Canada, was already recording a bit, mm-hmm. drifted down here, and called the record ladies of the canyon. You know? Right. And it's yep. it 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 and then, you know, they they got what they needed and they 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 gave back and they moved on. So right. I would actually put that at number one. I would put that over Carol King. I love Carol King. Most of the stuff was written in the East Coast, but right. Well, th- that as was, we know from the story, she's like, right. I have to get away from uh, 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 Jerry. Jerry. I have Dawkins. to get to, I have to go, like, go, go west, young woman. And, right. so you know, I, I agree. Like, you see that. And it thing. was, and the rest of it was put together and she actually recorded it. Uh, right. At least the demos in her, in when she was like, where do I go? And they're like, because uh, it was like 1970 when she moved out right. there. It was like, hey, you want to go to this Laurel Canyon place? She's like, oh, right. people walking around with no shoes? That's awesome. I'll do that. <laughs> right. You see, so I, I would think, you know, and my, my thought on Carl King was similar. I would probably keep it on there but move it down, um, thinking that a lot of those songs were either songs she had written and given away to people and other people had more famous recordings of it. Uh, you know, Aretha Franklin uh, and other girl groups that ha- had some of the songs that are on there. So I always, yeah, I, like you, like the kind of the origins of that album are more, you know, East Coast and other people recording that stuff. Um, but, you know, there is definitely, you know, you definitely get that feel and that vibe and that um, uh, throughout the album. But yeah, I would move it down a little bit. So, and I, I think maybe here let's approach this when we talk about the birds sweetheart of the rodeo and crosby stills uh crosby stills nash and young day job boo we can also bring up the fact that instead of doing two crosby stills nash album why don't you include a buffalo springfield album well that's exactly that yeah so so uh i wholeheartedly agree and i and the album i would choose though is buffalo springfield again Okay. Yeah. Uh, with the second one there. Um, right. I mean, so, for what it's worth, great. You, I. Uh, so here's a trivia question for you because this has been one of our favorite songs for you know the time yeah. immemorial. What do you think it's about? Um, uh, uh, is it about a a, a protest? 
It is. I, for years, and I've never really read anything on it, but for years I thought it was about protesting the Vietnam War. Nope. Stephen Seals, it was, uh, there was a curfew put on young people uh, Uh on the Sunset Strip, and they were like, well, fuck this. We, you know, all the good rock happens after 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock or whatever it was. We want to stay out uh, late (laughs) and watch the rock, and I think it was a curfew for under 21 or something like that. Okay. And so there was a protest in the streets, and the police got a little mean. And mm-hmm. that's what that that's what Stephen Stills wrote the song about. Right. It got used as a Vietnam protest, but it was really about you know, hey, leave these kids alone, right, um, <laughs> teacher. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, Buffalo Springfield and Buffalo Springfield, it, you know, just a brilliant, brilliant act. Right. Um, I did not realize that they released the first album on like December 5th or 6th, 1966. Then while on the day that that was released, they record it for what it's worth. Yeah. And then release that at the end of the month, like right before Christmas of 1966. So I, I guess there are copies of the record without for what it's worth on it. Yeah. Those are very valuable. Right. (laughs) So did they, they went back and kind of wedged it on there after they had released it. Correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, well, all right, so all right. let's run down your list of uh, things that people things that they, things that Paste clearly missed. Yes. So I a lot of them I, I brought up. I, I said Buffalo Springfield, their first album. You said their second album. I'm I'm fine with that. I you, I will trust your taste on that um, for what it's worth. Uh, obviously, Birds. Um, either Mr. Tambourine Man or Turn Turn Turn. Mm-hmm. I think just gives me that. Uh, California Laurel Canyon vibe and so you want to be a rock and roll star all that stuff that's pre-Sweetheart of the Rodeo. Joni yep. Mitchell Blue which came out at the album after um, uh, Ladies of the Canyon Ladies of the Canyon came out um, uh, I'm a little bit uh, hesitant about this next one so you know what maybe I'll skip over it for now. I will <laughs> okay. go to uh, <laughs> uh, Jackson Brown separate yep. before using and then take it easy. I think was on late for the sky. I believe. Yep. Uh, his next or uh, his next album, uh, Bonnie Raitt, uh, taking my time, nineteen seventy three, um, and then Little Feet again. Not exactly. Mm. This is I, you're, I'm. This is kind of where I'm. I'm pulling it. I, you know, I, I'm not exactly as strong on this one, but it was at least recorded there, and it it does have. I guess Lowell George produced um uh bonnie rates taking mm-hmm. my time so that was all when he was all out there and doing stuff there and then linda ronstadt and or the stone ponies um i, I started with a di- different drum from 1967 and then the linda ronstadt album i always kind of associate with that time and era is heart like a wheel so i um in the in the epics documentary there's a the second part is basically the the 70s mm-hmm. uh lol george is uh featured f- somewhat prominently um mm-hmm. and certainly bonnie so yes lol george was like you know they went up there to find inspiration so right. um yeah those seven, th- that period of time i dixie chicken's a great record um bonnie Raitt, uh yeah i would say taking my time cuz that fits more of when she, because I think she'd had, she'd had a record or two out, and then drifted out to see um, 
So I would agree with you on that. Although you go back to her, how it all connects, right? Again, you want to get into the cosmicness of how everything connects. You go to her first, uh, you go to her first record, Bonnie Raitt, uh, the first cut off of her first album ever, which came out in 1971 is Mm -hmm. Bluebird, (laughs) which is a Buffalo Springfield song. And this is my favorite version of one of my favorite versions of bluebird um because it has sort of an r&b feel to it um plus i mean i i've got a a, a, you know i've i've had a thing for bonnie Raitt for years uh i think um she is one of the best artists and i had forgotten that she had drifted out there for inspiration and linda ronstadt yeah i so different drum i don't think the stone ponies were there they were kind of in la i don't think she drifted up there but different drum written by uh michael nesmith yes michael nesmith there you go before he'd even joined the uh, the monkeys um Uh, I think this is to what you were alluding before. So I'm going to sidestep and say I would put an honorable mention on this list for Pisces Aquarius Jones Limited. That's exactly what I was uh, uh, from 1968 with the monkeys. They they wrote more of the or, or they performed more on that record. Mickey Dolan's lived in the canyon. Peter Tork lived in the canyon. Uh, you right. find out in the epics documentary that Peter Tork is a renowned nudist. Um which I think it's Crosby was like, you know, I walked into my, my house one day and there's Torque sitting on my couch naked. And he said, (laughs) you know, like that's, that was like, wow, that's, uh, I don't need to see that. And there were home movies of Peter Torque, like flopping about like in his dock, like jumping into the pool. You know, it's like very, very interesting. Um, yeah, Linda Ronstadt. I would have gone with uh, hand sewn, uh, homegrown. Okay. All right. Um, but de- certainly, heart like a wheel. Um, so here's my list of what was left out. Uh huh. Now yeah. again, I had no idea this was a California band until right. I saw this documentary, and then it all like the end of the Sixth Sense. It it is just like I felt like Bruce Willis going, "Oh yeah, he's Cal-. the only reason I think that this was a New York band was because." The two principals in the band moved to New York in the 80s and did afternoons at K-Rock. I'm talking, of course, about Flo and Eddie. The Turtles <laughs> were one of the first. It was like the Turtles and the Birds were up in the canyon. Okay. First. So most of those Turtles, like those, <coughs> pardon me, those early Turtles records, totally yep. written up there. Um, right. Hence the fact that G. Eleanor Paste Magazine does not think you're swell. <laughs> so happy and, and you go back and listen to the, the happy together record uh uh-huh. and you're like oh totally makes sense now right. um i would say the eagles desperado uh-huh sure um buffalo springfield again you know we talked about bonnie ray jackson brown um so again if you could you could get to 20 right or at least yeah. a, a, a hot yeah, 15 yeah. actually you can get to a hot 20 i would say picking up the pieces from poco uh-huh. Well, not yeah. a commercial success. If you don't have that record, you don't have um, Sweetheart in the Rodeo. Um, uh-huh. Gilded Palace of Sin. Yeah. The Flying Burrito, Flying Brothers. Burrito Brothers. Again, yeah. this is this is Graham Parsons going, well, you guys are cute, but I want to, uh, the birds were fun. I'm going to try this thing over here. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, 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 you know, absolutely no James Taylor and I love James Taylor. If we're gonna do a song about, if we're gonna do a, a, a show about, um, you know, 
the connection between North Carolina and 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 Western Massachusetts, then absolutely James Taylor belongs at the top of that list. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like like there in this documentary, um, Clapton came to a couple of parties. Uh huh. Yeah, and you're not gonna may yeah, have drawn uh, some inspiration, but I would enough. not say, well, <laughs> right. this, you know, uh, this record after Derek and the Dominoes was definitely a, uh, uh, right. you know, it's a Laurel Canyon. No, he just happened to be out there. So uh, uh, well, I, I think I, Paste phoned it in. They could yeah. have taken more time, more preparation to mm-hmm. to do what's right. Right. All right, so that's about it. We're going to uh, to wrap it up there with both of us fairly emphatically calling BS on this list. But uh, nonetheless, uh, it was still good to uh, get into and discuss and uh, go back and revisit what albums we think uh, should be and should make up the uh, or, or, or we think could make up the Laurel Canyon sound. So uh, that that was fun nonetheless. So, uh, you know, uh, Pace Magazine, we don't mean to be uh, you know, uh, a, uh, you know, a dick like, uh, <laughs> um, uh, David Crosby or Neil Young. So, uh, uh, no hard feelings, right? No hard feelings. Uh, we love, we, we wouldn't continue to read if we didn't <laughs> care, but because we care, we get so passionate Exactly, uh, and that's what it is. Uh, and Very you know, nice we're said. open to negotiate. We're open to having a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm in all seriousness. I, I think that uh, I, I know what it's like to phone to have to phone shit in to make a mm-hmm. deadline. Uh, right. I just wish that that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to side. I'm calling bullshit, but I'm going to blame the editors, uh, right. the editorial board, the publishers. The the I'm going to blame Ellen Johnson's boss right. on the fact that this was uh, uh, just not done well. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all for listening. You can follow us at, uh, on Instagram at RFJ of all time, at Twitter at Radio Free Jersey, or our online at RadioFreeJersey.com. And please tell a friend all about us. Again, if you head over to Apple, tell a friend, spread the word. Uh, um, we're working on that as well. Uh, and head over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. It'll, it'll help us. Uh, we'd like to make the charts. Again, we're, we're doing this for art, but uh, uh, it it. it it uh, we don't have any advertising, so we are kind of Laurel Canyoning this. Um, right, exactly. But uh, we'd like more people to hear it. Yes. <laughs> this podcast is a production of Radio Free Jersey.